It's time for JT the Brick. Always, always great to be with the Brick. This is how you do radio in a professional sports town, and this hasn't been a professional sports town. It was just UNLV basketball for how many decades? Now you got the Raiders, and you got the Golden Knight. It's Big Boy Radio. JT the Brick. Hey, JT, how you doing, man? My radio show's a little bit more intense. It gets a little bit more crazy. It gets a little bit more emotional. It's Big Boy Radio. And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT on a beautiful Friday here. Beautiful, gorgeous Friday. As the Raiders are on the road to Miami, and we're brought to you by Remy Martin, 1738 Cognac. It's all about sharing good moments just like these great Raider moments from the past, the Heidi game, the Holy Roller, Red Right 88, Super Bowl 11, 15, 18, just to name a few. And this year, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, the new look Raiders coming off a 10-win season in the playoffs. This season, we're going to have a lot to celebrate. Let's celebrate all the good moments with the Raiders, Remy Martin, and 1738 Cognac. Remy Martin sharing all the great moments with the Raider Nation. So good day today. I'm excited about this today. It's a wild, weird August seven-day work week for me. It started off Sunday with the Raiders pre and post, and it will kind of end tomorrow, Saturday, with the Raiders pre and post. Five shows at night. This is my fifth during the day, two podcasts. Today I'm hosting my podcast for Virgin from 4 to 6 p.m. at Virgin Hotels right in the lobby where all the youngsters are coming out of the pool, having a great time, going to see DJs and checking in for a great weekend. So hopefully you can come by and say hi today. And the Raiders are already on the road in Miami to play what I think is a bizarre game for me. This is a bizarre game of all the years I've been involved with the preseason with the silver and black because there's a lot at stake, but technically everything is about next week with New England being here. Two-day practices with them. So you have two days of practicing and a game. Now, the elephant in the room is Belichick is here. Oh, my God. Belichick is going to be in Las Vegas for a long time. I mean, think about this. The greatest coach in NFL history is going to be dining in Vegas, checking out Vegas. He's going to be at our brand-new facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I don't know what hotel they're staying in. Patriot fans will want to know. They'll have the Patriot buses. They'll be going to practice and all that. It's a big deal. It really is. They are the latest dynasty in NFL history, and there haven't been many. So they're going to be in Vegas. They have fans globally. Raiders have fans globally. And Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, and several of those coaches worked for Belichick. I think that's a really big deal because of how they're going to run these practices. What are they going to do in these practices? They're going to see each other in the preseason. They're going to see each other in the regular season, in the only primetime game that we have at Allegiant Stadium. Both teams are kind of in the same boat. They both made the playoffs last year. They're not dominant teams, nowhere near being a dominant team, and they're going to compete with each other this year. They're going to play a regular season game that could decide both of them, one of them, or none of them making the playoffs. So I think next week is really big. But in between that, the Raiders have to do a long, long road trip to South Florida. They got to play a game in heat and humidity at night. They got to hope that everybody's healthy. They can't afford injuries. We all know that. Come on. They can't afford any injuries with this team. They haven't even put the offensive line together yet. So they have to be healthy there. And then they got to make sure they got a lot of guys competing for positions, running back and wide receiver, the last wide receiver spot. 
and all of that, and then the secondary and what we're going to see. So that's a topic that I wanted to throw out here to begin the show today. What are you more interested in? The position battles in the Miami game or what we're going to see with the back-to-back practices next week? And the practices are much more important in the game because I followed closely. We had Greg Bedard on yesterday who covers the Patriots. And those Patriots, Carolina, two days of practice were a war. They were beating each other up. They took Christian McCaffrey and threw him to the ground. And they were battling. Guys got kicked out of practice. Now, I don't think that's going to happen in Henderson. I really don't because of Belichick and Josh McDaniels. I don't think it's going to get so heated, but it could. Look, Max Crosby, friend of the show, has been beating the living daylights out of this Raider team at practice. So the Raiders are not capable of guarding Max Crosby in practice. Everybody get that point? It's a really big one. I'm out at practice sometimes, often, but not every day like the other insiders are. Max Crosby is beating the living daylights out of this group because this group is an elite. It's not a great offensive line. Pro football focus, they don't even have him in the top 23. So Max needs, he's not going to play in the preseason, he needs these Patriot workouts. What happens if Max... All of a sudden, he's getting grabbed in the face mask, thrown uh, a piles on him. Someone steps on his hand. It could get it could get really good next week because Carr needs practice against better defensive tackles than the Raiders have. We get that. The Raiders secondary, I think, has been really good. Derek only threw one interception. Nate Hobbs got him, but it'll be see, you know New England's had a really good secondary for a long time. That's been one of the strengths of their team. So this is a huge week next week. And I just want to see the Raiders get in and out of Miami with no injuries, no hiccups, could care less about the score of the game, would love to see them win, especially if you're gambling on the Raiders as a road favorite in this game. And I want to see the Raiders and Tua, depending on what happens. You know, we had the big O, Orlando Alzalgari on yesterday. We had another insider on, and they're both differing on what we're going to see. I'd love to see Tyreek Hill line up. That causes chaos for this organization. Let's go through some chaos with that. But the Patriot practices is what I'm all jacked up about. I'm really excited for that next week. And then it's alumni weekend from Thursday to Sunday. And that's going to be really cool because the Raider alumni are coming in. I can tell you this. The only thing I could tell you about that, I couldn't tell you about Diana Ross in Canton. How about that? So don't tell me I can't keep a secret. I kept the Diana Ross secret. That was tough to do. I could tell you this will be the largest turnout. I repeat, the largest turnout. In Oakland, L.A., Las Vegas, history for the alumni. They're coming in in full force. So if you're a Raider fan, next week is big as the Raiders play New England on Friday night. And then we got a lot of time off before the start of the regular season. And then we're going to have a fun, you know, how many days is it? Eight or nine days, September 11th, building up to the Charger game. You're going to get the best Charger Raider coverage you've ever gotten i've lined up everybody i mean it is stacked for that charger game which is a game that the raiders as an underdog has to steal they got to try to steal that game and get rolling here so vic tafer one of the great uh, insiders for the raiders wrote a really good column at the athletic at what's at stake in this game coming up here uh vic tafer six hours ago dj turner jordan jenkins three of the raiders to watch against the dolphins Really good. I mean, Vic's fantastic. DJ Turner, wide receiver. He showed off his speed and power with a 34-yard catch-and-run touchdown and a 26-yard punt return. 
So you got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Mac Collins locks for the three receiver spots. And uh, Keelan Cole is a savvy route runner. That leaves Tyron Johnson, Turner, alongside Dylan Stoner battling for the one spot. Two if the Raiders decide to keep six receivers. Wow, that's the gem. Vic gave you unlock the door. Do we need six receivers? Why do you have to have six? They're trying to build an offensive line. Don't wouldn't you rather have eight offensive linemen or go out deep, or do you want six receivers? Because some of the guys you put them on the practice squad, you hope they stay there, and other teams don't pick them up. I find this fascinating. The last player in the receiver room or the last player in the running back room. You can't, you already got enough on offense. You already have enough elite all stars on offense. It's like having Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook struggling, but you know, you got your stars. Who cares who the 11th guy on the bench is for the Lakers? So for the Raiders, there's one football. Eric Allen loves when I say that. There's one. I want to throw every freaking pass to Devontae and Waller and Renfro. You think I care about the sixth Raider wide receiver or the fifth? They're there as an insurance form, a blanket if someone gets hurt. I'm not talking injuries yet. So you'll be able to make moves on that. But how many receivers do you need? I love Mac Hollins. I love his size, his strength, his special teams prowess. He was Miami's special teams captain. I want that guy getting the ball. So when you look at Keelan Cole and you look at Dylan Stoner and Johnson and even DJ, I, I think the DJ story, Turner, might be the story of camp. I don't spend a lot of time on it because a couple of them aren't going to be here. I didn't spend a lot of time with you on Demarcus Robinson. I got that wrong. I thought he'd be here. Thank God I didn't do segment after segment about him. It would have been wasted space. So I'm not a big believer on the fifth, sixth wide receiver. But Dave Ziegler is. That's what he does. He's great at it. I really think Dave is super special on this front and his background. I've spent a lot of time talking to him. He's been very gracious with his time. That's what he's going to do. He's going to make a good decision. And then the linebacker room. Hey, man, we don't have Micah Parsons. Ray Lewis ain't walking through that door. This is not an elite linebacking core, but there's a pro bowler in Perryman. So who else is going to be there as Vic writes about Deshaun Bauer and the depth at that position. Divine Diablo better be that guy. We don't have time to wait for Divine Diablo. I don't have three years to wait for him. Kirk Morrison, Greg Beekert, do your job. Give me a linebacker who can tackle and keep people in front of him and can cover the pass. The problem with the silver and black for a while is the linebackers can't cover the tight end. They get beat over the top. The tight ends make an athletic play on third and seven, and they run a 19-yard route, and a linebacker's running late to the pile. Divine Diablo, Malcolm Kuntz, who's a hybrid, these guys got to play. They got to play better, and Patrick Graham's got to get more out of them. So that was interesting. And then I'm giving all the credit as I should because this is Vic, Vic Tafer's column at The Athletic. Jordan Jenkins, the Raiders signed Jenkins on Wednesday. The 2016 third-round pick has 25 sacks in 83 games over six seasons with the Jets and Texans. Wow. That's some pretty good numbers there. Quote, I played against Jordan a lot going back to the AFC East from Josh McDaniels, and he's a very physical guy, and he does a good job on some things we ask our guys to do on the edge. 
Jenkins, who was released earlier this week by the Texans, doesn't have a lot of time to get up to speed. He'll need to work quickly to make an impression. Vic talked about Kendall Victors at defensive tackle. Uh, Luke Masterson at linebacker, which is a good storyline. You know, I'm not going to talk a lot about Luke Masterson at linebacker until he makes the team. And then when he makes the team, we'll get him on the radio and we'll praise him. This show, we want to get the stars to play like stars. Because the only way this team is going to advance past Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson is the stars need to play well. And then the role players got to play better. And the guys who are on the fence need to get off the fence. This is a brand new team here. And we've gotten through that point in time where Raider fans get hurt because you like the former coach or you like the former GM or you like the former player. Slate's clean, everybody. It's clean with me, working with these guys, you as fans. These guys are different. They're hardcore. The way I like to do a sports talk show, hardcore. Not cheeseburgers and movie reviews and all that. It's hardcore. It's about winning, making the playoffs again. And I just like how buttoned up these guys are. I almost laugh when a question comes out when they ask Josh McDaniels about a specific player or the starters. Don't you know? Haven't you been around? Everybody's the same with Josh McDaniels. There will be no praise given to anyone. There was never with the Patriots. All you had to do was watch five or six Patriot press conferences with Belichick. You know, those ones were on to Cincinnati. Hey, Bill, Tom Brady threw for 360 yards, four touchdowns. What do you think of Tom? Tom played well. Tom played well. Offensive. He doesn't praise anybody. These are his guys. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and the coaches. I'm going to praise anybody. If you ask a specific question on a specific player, get ready for a very short comment and then praise of the entire unit. Now we get that, right? The whole unit is together. One offensive lineman plays great like Colton Miller. The whole offensive line will be praised. And then you can pick and choose your spots and talk about Leatherwood and Cotton Sr. and all that. Finally here, as we wrap up the monologue, I want to give you the phone number. We're loaded in the second hour as always. Steve Weish will join us from NFL Network. He anchored the Hall of Fame. He anchored the Hall of Fame with Rich Eisen, with Cliff Branch. Good friend to the show. Great insights on the Raiders. He'll join us at 1 o'clock. Eric Pincus, an elite Lakers insider on the LeBron James contract. And uh, one more guest that Bobby is working on. So we'll tell you about that coming up a little bit later on. One last thing on the offensive line. Play them all. Play them all. Play wherever you want. Let them play three different positions. Do whatever they want. They've got to figure out the offensive line by next week. By next week, in the one-on-one drills, the practice drills with the Patriots, you'll know who the starting offensive line is. You'll have a pretty good idea. And I'll, I'll die on this hill if you want me to, but I, I, I'm 100% all in on the Raiders getting a starting offensive lineman in the next 10 days. I believe that Dave Ziegler, I don't know this to be true, I'm assuming is going to get a front-line offensive lineman, swing tackle or right tackle, if this right tackle situation can't be figured out. I mean, if Leatherwood can't go earn that job, if Leatherwood can't earn a job that he's supposed to have locked down, and Thayer Mumford is good, very good, but never played in an NFL game, get someone who has played in six seasons of NFL games that we have some film on that can slow down Joey Bosa, slow down J.J. Watt in those first couple of games. You all agree? Or just put this offensive line out, and it'll be a work in progress, and hopefully they get up to speed. And hopefully if they get up to speed, they're ready to go.
Are you ready to go? Guys have been, uh, you're, not, you're, you're not getting a five on a scale of one to ten lately, man. Got to get everybody going here again and, and get everybody going. We'll give you summertime radio for another week or two, man. But I'm rolling. Ten radio shows this week. This is number ten. I got a bucket of Modelo's waiting for me at Virgin Hotel. A bucket of ice-cold Modelo's waiting for me tonight as I reward myself after a week of Raider Nation radio. Eric in Vegas, one of my all-time favorites. Dust till dawn. What's happening? What, what do you got for me? You crushed it. You crushed it in the monologue. You're taking the words out of my mouth. I'm more worried about the joint practices next week because Bill Belichick will be watching Dylan Parham, Alex Leatherwood, every nuance they have when they're walking down the field and try and use it for that late-season matchup that we have. That's, that worries me the most. JT, I can't watch the games. I can't watch the preseason games. I have blood pressure issues as it is. <laughs> my cousins are still pissed off and are in anger management over – remember Jason Seahorn getting injured in a preseason game mm-hmm. you know, uh, 15 years ago? He ran a punt back. That, that, still, that still terrorizes me. Uh, what you talked about with the offense and the defense and who's out there, and Perryman is, a, is a, uh, a pro bowler from last year, I'm looking at who's the playmaker on defense. We had six picks last year. Six! That's it! I think we had three in the Denver game on the road. It, it's pathetic. We have to have a playmaker out there on the, on the defensive backfield. We can't have Jonathan Abram covering Travis Kelsey. You're right. That the linebackers now, he's, he's responsible there's got to be a playmaker. The last thing I want to say to you is I want to go back to voices. When I first met you, mm-hmm. you were doing play-by-play for the XFL. The old Vince mm-hmm. McMahon XFL here in Vegas. You and Napoleon McCallum crushed it. I love yeah. sitting in the booth with you. John Hyde, our friends, you were great. I grew up in L.A. listening to Vince Scully, and I'm still in mourning over this guy passing away a couple weeks ago because that culture of my father and my grandfather with the transistor radio on a hot summer day in the San Fernando Valley or Santa Monica, where I grew up, and listen to this guy talk about getting stung by a bee in the first inning and drawing that whole inflection of his voice to, this, to his neck getting swollen through four innings. You, you didn't give a crap if Reggie Smith or Steve Garvey lined out with the bases loaded. You were stuck to this guy's voice. I'll end it with this. I was lucky enough. You were lucky enough. The Raiders. Bill King, I think, is the greatest radio voice in pro football history. Mm -hmm. Let me go to that guy, to another epic voice in Greg Papa. Mm -hmm. Let me get the legend in Brent Musburger. I'm telling you, JT, I listened to this kid Jason Horowitz with Link this past Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. This kid has the inflection. He has the energy. He has the enthusiasm. We're, We're seeing greatness. Mark Davison and the Raider organization, they know how to build voices. And it's the voices and the energy that's going to carry this team this season, my friend. Great phone call. Way to go, Eric. Good to hear from you. Eric covered the Raiders during the Gruden initial years in Oakland and good caller and good friend here in town. Excellent phone call to start us off. Let's back it up with some more on what your goal is as a fan for this Miami game. Who do you want to see the most? What is the group that you want to see the most out of? What do you want to see? Help me out as I do the pregame show tomorrow. You can be my news and notes on what you like in the Raider Nation. I'll get it into the broadcast. Is there a position battle, a player, a hot seat guy or not? Uh, Again, I I don't go too crazy on that. We'll wait to what Dave Ziegler does on the cutdowns to see what's happening here. And this is an important game. It's a really important game for the Dolphins, too, because the Dolphins have a home game with Tua, Tyreek Hill, a new coach. They're very – I think they're going to be really elaborate with their offense when Mike McDaniel came over from the 49ers 
under the Kyle Shanahan tree. And whatever they want to do, the one thing I hope they do, I do not know who's going to play for the Dolphins. I don't. But I'd like to see some of their, you know, flashy plays. I don't think that you want to showcase that all the time in the preseason. But McDaniel's got a sharp playbook. It's not at the level of Josh McDaniels, but it could be more risky in Miami this year. We did a good job this week having these Miami insiders on, and they're hyped up, man. Tua, Tua's really doing a good job there in camp. He is. There's no pressure about, hey, Tua, this and that. The new coach likes him. The fans like him, and they're behind him. Miami hasn't been in the playoffs since 2016. The Raiders were just in the playoffs. Miami is a hungry team, very hungry team here. And, again, they're not going to showcase all of that in a preseason game, but should be fun to see the Raiders come out at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami with a lot of Raider fans in the background. I forget when we had our last game there. It was a Marshawn Lynch game. I think I remember he had a big run, but whenever you get a chance to go to Miami and see the Raiders, that's really fun. A couple of things. We're locking down Tennessee. I'll be bringing the show on the road, the pre and post. We're going to Tennessee and Nashville. Uh, excited about what's happening behind the scenes there, which will be a lot of fun, and some other games that we're taking it on the road. If you're looking for a place to watch the game on Saturday, come on down to the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Eric Allen and I will do the pre and post game from the Raider facility because it's the preseason, but I'll probably slide over there, and we'll have a good time there. So that's what we got. That's the monologue brought to you by PTs. The best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m. What a great place to kick off your weekend, man. Friday, this heat, you go in the air conditioning at your PT, Sean Patrick, Sierra Goals. Take advantage of those happy hour prices. Get some bar food, bites. Have a good time, talk sports, and get your weekend going. Let's see what you got for me next. Not every call's got to be good as Eric, but I'm looking to hear from some Raider fans on the priority of what we need to see in Miami coming up ahead of those dual practices with the New England Patriots and what that will mean for this town. That's a big week here. And the Las Vegas Aces, my good friend Mark Davis owns that team, and I'd like to see Mark Davis get a Super Bowl ring. But before that, he gets a Diamond Aces ring. I'm good with that. So that's exciting there, too, as the Aces are on the road, hopefully to win a championship. I'm going to be talking to Marcus Arroyo, either at Virgin at my podcast. We'll talk about UNLV football Kicking off next year, really hoping that the Rebels have a big year and stockpile some wins. UNLV basketball playing in Canada. Uh, That's a fun storyline. And when we come back, where's Tom Brady? Some people think he's in the mass singer. What happened to sports media? People in the media think Brady took time off to be the mass singer. Oh, my God. What is going on? What the hell is going on? Todd Bowles will comment on the disappearance of Tom Brady. And we got some good other sound to go. 702-365-9200. This is the flagship of the Silver and Black. So third and goal from the Raiders, too. Manning out of the gun, left hash. Snap. Looks right. Fires to the back corner of the end zone, and it's incomplete. Nowhere to go with that football. Smith-Marset blanketed by Teamer and Darius Phillips. Jason Horowitz on the call. You'll hear Jason in Miami with Lincoln Kennedy. 
that's got to be exciting for them to get that. You know, it's great to go on the road with the Raiders. My 24th season here, most of the years I've traveled until COVID hit. And uh, this year back on the road, I am very grateful for that opportunity to get on the road, especially with a new organization, new football team, new coaches and all that to get people going. And, you know, just one thing about the travel with Raider fans, that's a big question I get a lot when I see Raider fans is what games you're going to and what are you doing? I ask fans all the time. I talked to Raider Mort today. Chris in West Oakland was texting and a couple of people about the road trips this year. So my wife this morning she tries to corral me in the morning before I get into this studio for all day. And she's like, hey, reminder, you know, we're going to go see my son in Oklahoma. He's a senior at Oklahoma's last year, and we picked the game to go to because I think it's the game where the Raiders play Monday night or Sunday night at Kansas City. I don't have time to go, so i got to go on a Friday. The flights to travel, man, are – I don't know how some of you Raider fans do it. You should be commended. The flights – and I've been a maverick from the day one. I, was a, I have my original Southwest Rapid Rewards number. I always got, because I commuted to Oakland for 17 years, twice a week during the week and on game day. So I always had coupons and you know, all these passes, companion passes. Now, you try to book a trip to Oklahoma City or my son's at Arizona, which is an easy trip. But some of these Raider games, if you look at hotels and prices and all of that, I hope you got your act together, Raider Nation, and are figuring this out. It's no longer last second. It used to be last second. Hey, man, I want to go to Denver, you know, and it's seven days out on Southwest, and it's like a 180-round trip, right? And you get on the ground there, and next thing you know, you're in a hotel, and it's 110 a night, and it's good. Now hotel rooms are 400 a night, 350 a night. Round-trip airfare to Nashville, because my wife's going to be coming with me, and I'm looking at the, it's like 600 bucks, 700 bucks round trip. And the Raiders represent well from Oakland and Vegas and L.A. You know, Raider fans are everywhere. So you get a game back east, you get a whole bunch of fans driving to New Jersey from Pennsylvania or from Rochester. They play in Buffalo. Everybody comes out, Raider Nation from New York. It's not as easy anymore. These Raider booster clubs and everybody that I talk to, uh, get going. Let everybody know about these trips, deals, where the tailgates are going to be. Really important year. And I'm, I'm fascinated by, I won't be in L.A. for the Charger game on September 11th, but a good buddy of mine in San Diego, we were talking about that game. And he's like, yeah, I should get on that. I'd like to go to that game. I go, oh, really? You're going to get on it now? And he says something so cool. He's a Raider fan. He goes, oh, we don't have to worry about that game. I go, what do you mean? He goes, oh, the Charger fans run and hide. They sell those tickets like they're going out of style. I go, I don't know about that anymore, man. The Chargers don't have a lot of fans, but they're pretty fired up, the ones they do for this time around. And he said the coolest thing, he goes, JT, they'll never show up for a Raider game. They're so nervous, intimidated by Raider Nation in L.A. that that's the game where even the diehard Charger fans say, I'm not going to that game. And they sell you their tickets. And they're right. I don't know what that – I don't have an advanced trend on how many Raider fans will be at the L.A. Charger game. But I, what was it last year? I think it was 68%. There was an article written on it. The StubHub numbers came back. Almost 70% of SoFi Stadium for the Raiders' regular season game were Raider fans. I think the Chargers are doing a better job of trying to win back that argument. The greatest story I could ever tell you on that is when Marty Schottenheimer – who never did radio, never did radio much when he was the head coach of the Chargers in San Diego, and he's a hell of a coach. He basically got on TV and radio and said, don't sell your tickets to Raider fans, and it just 
backfired. Everybody from L.A. heard that and came down there. And it used to be at Qualcomm, if you remember, that parking lot, which was beautiful. San Diego had Qualcomm Stadium. It used to be called Jack Murphy. It was kind of a dump at the end, just like the Oakland Coliseum was deteriorating about around the end. But Oakland Coliseum had a massive parking lot, and San Diego's was actually bigger. And Raider fans would come down without tickets from Los Angeles and just take over that parking lot. And when the Raider bus would come in through Mission Valley to see just hundreds, if not thousands, of Raider fans and flags and barbecues in the morning, hopefully we can get that going at SoFi for that first game. Raider Nation, if you're going to that game, get on it. It's going to be a big moment to steal a game and start off 1-0. Always good to hear from Raider Dave in Denver representing the Silver and Black. What's happening? Hey, JT, congrats on your seven-day deal here. you got to go ahead and stick your bandana in the ice in that Modelo bucket and then wrap it around your throat to go ahead and cool off what you've been exercising all week, man. Uh, we've got to get this thing kicked off. There's two things I really want to see, one on offense, one on defense. The horses have to be let loose out of the barn. These guys have got a pancake people on the offensive line just coming around on sweeps on uh, swing passes, wherever they're running out to, to do uh, uh, screens. I mean, it's time to put people on their ass. If they want to go ahead and make these next cuts, they're going to have to flatten people. And as far as the defense goes, can't anybody tip a ball and catch it? I just want one dang interception. Let's go, Raiders. Yeah, he's right about that. You know, the Raiders have been trying for a long time to find get some playmakers who can catch the ball. Eric Allen had 54 interceptions. If you get a chance to listen to us on the pre and post, I always bring that up kind of to build him up, and he just laughs. Eric, Eric, I'm not a comedian, but Eric will laugh at anything you say about him because he's so humble, and he had 54 interceptions. And there's a lot of guys around this team, and this is a brand-new team now with Josh McDaniel, so they start with Patrick Graham at zero. And hopefully we're going to see a lot of turnaround on that, but you got to catch the ball. Chris in West Oakland calls all the time on the postgame show. It's like, how many interceptions did the Raiders drop or not get that could have flipped the field for Carr and Waller and Renfro? Now Devontae's on the team. That could get the Raiders a field goal or get the Raiders a touchdown in the red zone. Really important there that that gets figured out there. And the guy that's supposed to do it is Trayvon Merrick. And Trayvon Merrick is a classic center fielder. I call him my Bernie Williams. He can go in the gap and catch anything. That's really what Merrick is there to do. He's not there to read the run and come down and blow people up. That's the job of Jonathan Abram. The job of Trayvon Merrick is to be the last line of defense and not let anybody get behind him. And in the first game against the Chargers coming up, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, those guys run go routes. Very much like Mike Evans in Tampa Bay and Godwin. They run go routes. And Trayvon Mullen's got to pick the right side and be there to knock it down or intercept the ball. I think he's going to do that this year. I really do. I think that's a a big part of this Patrick Graham offense. With Jonathan Abram, Jonathan Abram hasn't proven that he is a jump the route, catch the ball, tip it back to him type of player. He has not. Charles Woodson, how great was Charles at that? Right? Charles would break on a ball. I'm talking at safety, not a corner. And he'd get over there, and the ball was up in the air. Charles would get it. And he would he'd get his hands on the ball and make a play. Jonathan Abram isn't there yet. But one thing about John Abram, that could, that could kind of possibly pivot where he sees it now and everything happens nicely for him. Uh, good to see Trayvon Mullen back at practice. 
one of the things about the eye test with him is if you see guys, and Nate Hobbs, Nate Hobbs is a great athlete, but Trayvon Mullen walks next to Nate Hobbs or Rocky Asin, and you go, man, is he an NBA player? I mean, he just looks the part of a long cornerback, and the Raiders got to get him up to speed. Uh, Someone asked me that on Twitter about should Trayvon Mullen play. I would hope so. I mean, the guy hasn't played since how long? He's finally back. You're not going to play him? You're going to bubble wrap him and then ask him to go up against Justin Herbert? That's really a tough test. So for Mullen and Rock Yassin to see them out there together and where Nate Hobbs is going to be, uh, that'll be very interesting. But I'm assuming that Josh McDaniels is not going to put anybody in harm's way. There's plenty of guys on this team. Offensive line, they're looking for depth at linebacker. They need depth on the defensive line. I think all those guys should just play two or three quarters, the backups, and then just get the hell out of Miami and keep everybody healthy. I told you I wanted to play you that Todd Bowles comment on Tom Brady. Today, there's a gal that's trending. I don't know her name on TikTok or Instagram who really believes Tom Brady's the mass singer, that he left because he's got a Fox contract. He left to be on Fox's mass singer. Now, the mass singer might be the dumbest show in the history of American television. It's a karaoke show where you can't sing karaoke because you have a giant mask on. So they're non-professional singers singing karaoke with a big mask on their face. It's just a dumb idea. But the dumbing down of America has been in full effect. And there are now people trending that Brady took a leave of absence to be the masked singer. And this gal on TikTok broke it down (laughs) to everybody who's been on Fox and all of Brady's former teammates who are on the masked singer, including Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski was actually pretty entertaining. But Bowles was asked yesterday about Brady's absence and when he'll return. We'll see. We'll talk about it next week. I'm not concerned about it right now. We're trying to practice against Tennessee and play a game. I said sometime after Tennessee, there's no definitive date for me, but we'll check on it. We'll keep in touch and we'll find out. So that uh, Bowles is in a tough situation. Remember, he was the head coach of the Jets and they were terrible. He got fired. And now Bruce Arians steps down and Bowles is the head coach and Tampa Bay is not as good as they were under Bruce Arians. Todd Bowles always puts himself in a really delicate or tough situation to win games. But Tampa Bay with a healthy Brady should be able to roll out of bed this year and win 10 games, 10 or 11 games there. How about the other day when we found out that the Raiders went from 80 to 1 to win the Super Bowl to 20 to 1? Jeff Sherman said over at the Westgate, presuming that someone placed a really big bet a really big bet on the Raiders to win the Super Bowl and that the Westgate had to act accordingly and make sure that their odds were in place so they wouldn't take a big hit. But the Raiders are still this morning when I woke up. Eight and a half is the season win total. I'd love to hear from a fan who bet more than $100. 20 doesn't count. Five doesn't count. If, have you bet more than 100 that the Raiders will win nine? Because eight and a half means you have to win nine. If you win eight, you lose your bet. So is there anybody on God's green earth in the Raider Nation who took two, three hundred bucks out of checking and just bought that ticket? And you could show it to me and tweet it to me or call the show. What are we waiting for? Does anybody think the Raiders are going to win nine games? That's what the casinos have it marked up at. Eight and a half. I don't know. And and I asked Jeff Sherman. The VIG's getting a little bit more expensive here, but still. You could still get the Raiders at eight and a half across Vegas and mostly on your sports app. And the number isn't moving to nine because there hasn't been enough sharps and people betting the Raiders up to nine. 
and that's because of the strength of schedule, which is incredible. Uh, yesterday was a huge day with Deshaun Watson. We have the sound of what he said yesterday, what the owner said, the husband and wife about this, which is really interesting to hear. And now that Roger Goodell put his foot down, he put it down big. I thought that the NFL and Roger Goodell and the owners won in the Deshaun Watson debate. When we come back, I'll prove it to you. Why the league, led by the owners and the commissioner, still have massive control over the players when it comes to suspensions and fines. And I agree and I side with the owners and the commissioner on this one, especially with Deshaun Watson. 702-365-9200. As Steph McKenzie said, we're brought to you by the Botanist Gin. Give it a shot with the gin and tonic. Go with botanists all summer long. On the Vikings four on a third and goal. Working left to right. Stidham's out of the gun. He's got Kenyon Drake off his hip. Snap. Plenty of protection. Looking over the middle. Pocket collapses. He takes off to the goal line. Touchdown, Stidham. Six the hard way. JT, back with you. That's Jason Horowitz, a new play-by-play voice, who I think is doing a really good job as we get you going for Miami. And that'll be the pregame show, which is coming up with Eric Allen tomorrow. Please tune in for that. I have the depth charts of both teams here as we take a look at the Raiders uh, before we get to your call, 702-365-9200. Devontae, Mac Hollins, Tyron Johnson, wide receiver depth. If you look at the other side, Hunter Renfro, Keelan Cole, DJ Turner, and what will happen with Dylan Stoner. What's going to happen to that last wide receiver? Is it DJ Turner? Is it Keelan Cole? Who do you like there at that position, Tyron Johnson? The practices that I was at, he clearly flashed. The depth chart heading into this game. Just for this game, Colt Miller at left tackle won't play. Uh, John Simpson, Andre James, Lester Cotton uh, Sr., Alex Leatherwood. There. Now, Jermaine Luminor, his ability to play on both sides has been impressive to me. Dylan Parham, I think, should get a half or more. And then there's Thayer Mumford, who kind of came off the field the other day. Haven't heard anything about that at practice. He should be good to go. And then the quarterback situation is really interesting to me with Derek Carr, Jarrett Stidham, and Nick Mullins. Uh, there's a lot of Raider fans that want to get into this third quarterback, quarterback controversy, and I think it's actually a good topic. Uh, Jarrett Stidham is going to win that job because of the playbook and his knowledge of it. Nick Mullins is the type of guy that could come in for Derek Carr if he got banged up and win your games. Not that Stidham can't. I think that Stidham would be more of a game controller, a guy who can control the game and keep it close and win the game for you. I think that Mullins, if you were down 10, could lead you and get you 14 points and win the game. So that's a bigger decision. But Kenyon Drake is really important here. Josh Jacobs, all set. Uh, Jacob Johnson, your fullback position. They love a fullback. They have a fullback. They like him. Zeus, Zamir White, everybody wants to see what he can do, along with Brandon Bolden. The Britton Brown, Amir Abdullah, Kenyon Drake. And I hate to lose Kenyon Drake. Really would hate to lose Kenyon Drake. He would get snatched up in a second. But depending on what the Raiders want to do here, I'm starting to believe that Josh Jacobs is going to have a hell of a year. If Josh gets the touches he's supposed to get. But this could be a running back room by committee 
and to keep those fresh legs, especially on third and short here. One other thing jumps out at me with the depth chart going into this game in Miami. Cornerback Rakiasin, Anthony Averett, Darius Phillips. But when you look at the cornerback position and how important it is, Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson, and Trayvon Mullen Jr., which are just working him back in. This Nate Hobbs story is fantastic. What a good position for the Raiders to be in. I don't remember the last time the Raiders were in a situation that was that good with having a guy that can play multiple corner positions in the slot, on the outside, could blitz off the edge. Man, got to keep Nate Hobbs healthy, everybody. He is a hybrid. Raiders, and give that credit to Mike Mayock and the former staff to get Hobbs in here. This guy's playing at a very high level. They have to protect him in the rest of the preseason because Nate Hobbs is going to be flying around a lot with New England at those practices coming up. 702-365-9200. Sawed off in San Diego, where I love to go. What's happening? What's up, JT? How are you, man? I'm doing well, thank you. Hey, um, I just wanted to give. I just wanted to call in real quick because uh, um, you brought when you started talking about the last Miami game. Mm-hmm. I was there with a whole bunch of uh, cats from the Raider Nation. I was there with Four Dub, that rap group. I was there with them Raider boys from Oakland, mm-hmm. and we were there to perform down there in Miami. We went out to the Clevelander, and I DJed. I DJed for the whole Raider Nation up in that club. Wow! Man, what a great time that was. It was uh, uh you know, where they do the ESPN. Um, it was a great time out there. But when we got to the game, something special happened. Um, one of the guys was walking around, and he, he spotted a Dominican guy with a little with a DJ system, and he was wearing a Raiders hat. <laughs> so he came and got me, and he was like, hey, Sawdoff, man, let's go over here. Let's take over this guy's sound system because he's <laughs> Spanish, and I don't. So talk to him. So I went to talk to him. Sure enough, he, he, let, me, he let me have full control of his system. Before I knew it, you know, we had the microphones out. We did a full-blown concert in Joe Robbie Stadium parking lot. Mm-hmm. Before I knew it, we had thousands of Raider Nation around us. Everybody was vibing. Wow. Everybody jumping. And all the, all the Dolphin fans were walking by like, like oh, my God. <laughs> like, they just took over our stadium. <laughs> I mean, what a great time. Um, just a little uh, little tidbit of advice for the Raider Nation. I've been in the black hole for over 20 years. Um, if you don't if you don't sit down at Joe Rodney Stadium, they will be glad to escort you out that stadium because getting rid of any amount of Raider fans is there. What do you mean? Goal. What do you mean? If Raider fans stand up at Joe Robbie, they ask you to leave? If, if you do not sit down, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I've never sat down for a game. And so people behind me were complaining. They brought security, and I, I, I tried to explain, hey, I, I bought this seat. This is my seat. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm not a really big guy either. Mm-hmm. To see around, well, they escorted me right out of that game. So just a little bit of advice. They want to get rid of Raider fans out there. So yeah. they want to stay in the game, you know. Hey, Sawdoff, what are you, you going to be doing on uh, Vegas game days? You're going to be out by the black hole? Uh, DJ um, uh, opportunities out there in the parking lot. J Lot, where are you going to be on game day? Absolutely, absolutely. I work with Raiders fan convention, and everybody knows that. So we're going to be doing the events out there. We're going to be doing events all over the place. Phoenix is real big. We've mm-hmm. done Seattle. We've done San Diego. We, we're all over the place. So Las Vegas, that's going to be our first show. It's coming up soon, too. We're, we're negotiating some properties right now. All right, man. Good to hear from you. Appreciate the call. Really nice to hear from you there. You know, the whole thing about the black hole is standing up. 
You know, when you're in the black hole, you want to stand up and you, you stand up during a game and you're having a good time. And then all of a sudden you're on the road and someone says to sit down and someone says, hey, it's time to sit down. You look around. It's not like Oakland within the black hole. And I, I stood in that black hole for years, had my banner there, stood right next to Black Hole Rob. May he rest in peace. Great update on Black Hole Rob, who left us way too soon. His daughter is a freshman up at Boise State. A uh, real heavy heart with that. Really happy for the Rivera family there, even though we lost one of the all-time greats. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, was to- I told you a couple weeks ago, I was at the Journey concert, and we had great front-row seats, and we were standing up, and at one point I turned around and everybody was sitting. It was so damn awkward to see people sitting, not in the middle part or the upper deck, sitting in the second row. It is disgraceful if you go to a rock concert and sit down if you have seats, and you can if it's standing room only and it's GA, but imagine going to a rock show and sitting down in the second row and sitting down. And he's right about that. You know, you go to Green Bay and Lambeau Field, the Packer fans stand up during the game in the bleachers. In the wintertime, they need to to keep their blood flowing and to stay warm. But uh, Miami, I'm surprised by that. Miami did a good job with that stadium, but it's not Miami. It's not near South Beach. It takes a while to get there. The parking's unique. But they did something that Vegas is doing with F1. We're going to have the F1 here, which some people are saying it's going to be the biggest event in the history of Vegas. I agree with that, other than the Super Bowl. And F1, we're using the Strip to do that, not Allegiant Stadium. Out at Hard Rock, they used that in Miami, the F1, to build out that. And they're going to keep a lot of the equipment there because they're going to have F1 for years to come. So if you're going to Miami, enjoy it. If you're getting ready for L.A. for the Chargers, enjoy it. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised, not shocked, about what Mark Davis is going to do for this Patriot game coming up. The last preseason game is a big one. You saw over 500 Raiderettes invited back, and now the largest turnout in Raider alumni history coming for the Patriot game. It's a lot easier to do things, everybody, during the preseason than the regular season because you know how expensive it is to get in that building in the regular season. So the preseason, you're seeing a lot of people come back here. There's more room, the Winfield Club, all of that. And then when the season starts, they're locked in. They're locked in in a big way, and the entertainment is the best in all of football. One of my favorite guests, I talk to him about three or four times a year on this platform, Steve Weish from NFL Network will join us at the top of the hour. He was in Canton for Cliff Branch, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say on that. We'll preview the upcoming Raiders season. Uh, Steve's very good, very in-depth on what's happening with the silver and black. We'll talk to him. Also, Eric Pincus will join us next hour. He's a Laker insider on LeBron James. We booked that a couple of days ago. We'll have him on here. And then we'll keep it going. And then if you can, kind of get out to the Hard Rock tonight, which is now Virgin Hotels, former Hard Rock, Virgin Hotels. I'll be in the lobby from 4 to 6 p.m. We got good Raider swag we're giving away, good beverages, a couple of nights stay at Virgin Hotels and uh, dinner for two at Casa Calavera, which is a great restaurant there. So come on out and see me at Virgin Hotels. Steve Weiss at the top of the hour. One more hour to go before my famed bucket of Modellos heading into the weekend and the pregame show on Saturday. <laughs> 